As we continue in our series, He Spoke to Them in Parables, this morning we're going to begin looking at the parable of the rich fool, which is recorded for us in Luke 12. The parable itself is found in verses 16 through 21, and then in verses 22 through 34, Jesus begins to elaborate on the application of the parable. Today, however, we're going to look at just verses 13 through 15, which is is a situation that precipitated the parable. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at the parable of the talents. It was a lesson on understanding that everything you have belongs to God and that we are to use what we have been given to bring honor and glory to him, to promote his purposes and accomplish his mission in this world. In this parable, we find a parallel story in which Jesus focuses on teaching us what is truly of value and what we should treasure and seek in life. So let's begin this morning by reading this entire passage, Luke 12, beginning at verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you. Then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no space to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say say to my soul, Soul, you have many good goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool. This very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said to his disciples, For this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor for your body as to what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storeroom nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life's span? If then you cannot do even a very little, why do you worry about other matters? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, but I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, you men of little faith? And do not seek what you will eat, and what you will drink. Do not keep worrying, 
For all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek, but your Father knows what you, that you need these things. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to charity. Make yourselves money belts, which will not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes, nor no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you once again this morning to consider the challenge of your word. And I pray that you will speak to us, that you will open our eyes, open our hearts to your message, to your truth, that we might apply it in our lives. And Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray now that as we study, that we will be drawn into it, encouraged, challenged by it, and drawn closer to you. And this we pray in your son's name. Amen. Let me begin by uh, asking a question. How many of you have a will? Well, if you don't, you should. And you should update it at least every year, and more often if things change in your life. I'm serious. This is something we really need to think about. But let me move on. You've probably heard, read, or maybe you've been involved in a situation where someone has died and there was not a will, or if there was, it was contested. I've heard horror stories of families that have all but gone to war over, with each other over the inheritance being left by a parent or grandparent, which is why it's so important to regularly update your will. The parable Jesus tells here is precipitated by just such a situation. Apparently, these two brothers are at war with one another over their inheritance. And Jesus takes the opportunity to teach us an important lesson, a truth that should permeate our life. Now, this message is going to be in two parts. And this morning, we're just going to consider this situation with these two brothers and what Jesus had to say about it before he then goes into the parable. Jesus says, we should beware, excuse me, beware and guard against every form of greed. Why? Because life does not consist of your possessions. Now I'm holding in my hand here a spam can. Yes, you heard me right. It's a spam can. Now I've taken this can and uh, I've painted it. I have several of these in my workshop. I use them to keep small items on top of my workshop counter. Because you see, I have this thing. I can't hardly throw away any kind of container. 
that I think, you know, I might be able to use for something else, whether it's a can or a box or a plastic tray from frozen foods. I, I just have a really hard time uh, just throwing these out because I think I can use them. Why? Well, I, I guess I learned frugality from my parents and my grandparents. And that's why, if left up to me, I would wear my clothes until they wore out. Now, my wife doesn't see it quite like that, and she thinks I should, when you know, my clothes start looking a little thin, that I should get something else, and I appreciate that. But if it were up to me, I would just wear my clothes until they wore out. That's why, for me, I, I would never pay retail prices for clothes, or anything for that matter, if there's any other way to get around it. This is why I drive a truck that has over 380,000 miles on it. That's why I scour thrift stores and estate sales and auctions. You see, they, my grandparents, my parents, they lived through at least part of the Great Depression. You think times are tough? Not compared to then. And it may get that way again, the way things are going. But back then, you made the most of what you had because it was probably all you were going to have. Now, we live in a country, as I pointed out a couple of weeks ago, where even the poorest of us is richer than almost 70% of the people in the world. And we've grown up being conditioned that we can always have more of nearly everything. And so we've become people who often find our value in what we have. We want to have a, a good job so we can make good money, so we can buy nice things, so we can have what we want and all we want. There's a term for this. Jesus called it greed. Jesus said, beware and guard against every form of greed. What is greed? Now, I have a little New Webster's Dictionary in my study, and I pulled it out to uh, look and see what Webster's Dictionary said about greed. And I got into the G's and I came down to uh, G-R-A and got to gratification, which it says is a source of satisfaction. And after gratification, which was the last word in G-R-A, they list grid, G-R-I-D. Greed is not even listed in this Webster's Dictionary. I guess we're not supposed to be concerned about greed. What is greed? It's wanting more than you need, more than you have. When we were kids, one day my, uh, my mom had purchased a bag of 
M&Ms, and she poured them into a bowl and set them on the table. So my brother and I, and my younger brother, we both took a handful. I began eating mine. My brother took his whole handful and stuffed them into his mouth. And then he grabbed another handful while he still had the one in his mouth and stuffed them into his mouth. So now he has two handfuls in his mouth. And he tried to get another handful and put that in his mouth, but he couldn't. He couldn't get any more in. And he started crying. He was crying because he couldn't get any more M&Ms in his mouth. Jesus said, beware. To beware is to have a conscious awareness. He's talking about greed. Beware. And that means to have a conscious awareness. When I moved into the house there in Fargo, the yard uh, was covered with sand burrs. You could step out the back door, walk back to the alley to put something in the trash bin, and walk back to the back door and look down at your shoes, and your shoes and your pant legs would be covered in sand burrs. I have worked very, very hard to get this under control, and I've been very successful. Uh, you can walk through the yard and almost never see a sandbur anymore. However, when I walk across the yard, I consciously watch for them because they will pop up. I mean, the wind blows in Oklahoma and it blows them out of the yard next door or across the street. And sure enough, every now and then, one will pop up. So I'm, con I'm always consciously watching for them. Unless we are consciously aware, greed can slip up on us and, be, and because we are constantly immersed in a media-filled world, whether it's on TV or the computer or magazines or junk mail or our friends showing off their latest purchase, our heads are easily turned because it all seems normal, acceptable. But unless we are consciously aware we easily allow ourselves to be pulled into thinking that we need it. And the need part of this is deceptive in itself. Because we don't, we don't think we need it. We think it's our right to have it. It's something we deserve something we owe ourselves or is owed to us. And so the way this sneaks into our life is especially deceptive in other areas beyond just wanting things. Remember, Jesus said, beware and guard against every form of greed. So what are some other ways greed can insinuate itself into our life? How about the desire for attention? We want more. Or the desire for power? We want more. Or the desire for control? 
We want more. Maybe the desire for recognition. We want more. Or maybe it's praise. We want more. You see, greed is not limited to things. It is also a poison in our attitudes and our actions as we seek more and more to stuff our mouths full of whatever we think we need to satisfy our emotional hunger. And the sad part is, like my brother in the M&Ms, it's never enough. We get attention, but it's never enough. We get power, but it's never enough. We get control, but it's never enough. We get recognition, but it's never enough. We get praise, but it's never enough. We crave more and more and more. So Jesus says, beware, consciously watch, and guard against every form of greed. And then he nails the reason why we need to do this. Jesus says, For not even when one has an abundance does, life, does his life consist of his possessions. When I was living in New York, I was driving down the street one day, and as I approached an intersection, there was a crew uh, working on the corner. I'm not sure what they were doing. They were digging something up. And at first, I wasn't sure why, but the car in front of me began to slow down. And so, of course, I had to slow down too. And as we approached the intersection, I noticed one of the workers, he'd been digging and he stood up straight, put his shovel down, took off his hard hat, and he held it over his chest. And then I saw, I saw him looking down the cross street. And in a few moments, as we all came to a stop, I saw a hearse slowly pulling through the intersection, followed by a funeral possession, procession. Now, first of all, I was very impressed with that worker. I don't know why, but that, that just struck me. The way he stopped what he was doing and put down his shovel and put his hard hat over his chest. Just giving respect, I guess. Now, I have no idea who was in that hearse. But I, I do know this. Whatever possessions they had in life, Whatever status they achieved in life, whatever they sought for in life, none of it was with them. They left it all behind. None of it mattered because the possessions we have, the attention we get, 
the power we hold, the control we exercise, the recognition we receive, the praise we are given, it's all left behind. Jesus said life does not consist of any of these possessions. Now let me clarify when I said just a moment ago that whatever the, this person who was in the hearse, whatever they sought in life was left behind. Truth is, I didn't know this person. I don't know what they sought in life. But if they sought for the things most people seek, as we've been talking about, then yes, it was left behind. And here's the turning point in the narrative. The question becomes, if life does not consist of these things which we pursue with greed, then what does life consist of? And this is where Jesus begins to explain. And he uses the parable of the rich fool. Now I'm going to stop here. I realize this was a little more brief than usual, but as I began working on this sermon, I, I realized that there was too much here to talk about and do justice in one message. So uh, I'm using just this first part today. And next week we will get into the parable itself and Jesus' application of it. In the meantime, I would encourage you, read through this parable several times. Let it sink in. Because we here in our country, in our culture, we may not call it this, but we are soaking in greed. We always want more. And for some of us, it's like my little brother who just kept stuffing the M&Ms into his mouth. It was never enough. I pray that uh, when we continue in this study next week and we look hard at this parable and the application of it, that our hearts will be convicted. So I ask you in the coming week, read this parable. Read this passage several times and let it sink in. It's Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 34. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power of your word and the truth of your word. And as we've just sort of gotten a little start on this this morning, uh, I pray that, uh, that you will open our minds and our hearts to the truth here because this is, this is powerful and it's very challenging to us, especially in our culture. Uh, just help us to see what you're saying and how we can make this live in our lives because, Father, truly, life is not about our possessions. Life is about you and your kingdom. Help us to focus on what's truly important. And we ask it in your son's name. Amen.